know, I felt impressed today. Um, I felt I felt impressed today to um, kind of just hook the train car onto this um, idea of communion. And, you know, most, most of the year we just, we do what we did today. We just do the communion and we read the scripture and, and we share in it. Amen. But I kind of felt impressed today to just teach a little bit on the subject of the communion. What is it for? Why do we do it? What are all the reasons? What can we gain out of it? Amen. As a result of, of doing it. And I thought I would just emphasize some, some key points here. Okay. This is by no means exhausting, exhaustive, exhausting. <laughs> it might be exhausting. By no means exhaustive, but it certainly is um, something that we can keep visiting. It seems that in the communion, uh, and, and, and Pastor Scarlett did an amazing job leading us through it and um, reading the scripture. Uh, <clears throat> but you'll notice that I think in the church world we've put an emphasis on, on the elements, the blood, um, the blood and the body, amen, the wine and the bread as elements. And we've, we've really emphasized in Pentecost or really emphasized uh, the blood and the power of the blood, and rightfully so, amen, because without the shed blood of Jesus, we have no uh, sacrifice, we have no uh, price paid for sin in our life, and so we're we're in trouble without it, and it's important, and a lot of churches don't like to talk about it much, uh, and it's important to emphasize the blood. However, in communion, there's actually a larger theme than just the blood and the and and uh, the the blood and the body, or the wine and the bread, and that is the uh, the name communion. Why why, or we call it the common cup. Everybody, you know, from the same cup. What from hence from whence that name? You know, where did that come from? And. Uh, it actually is talking about being one body, being one with Christ. The idea of communion was not some sort of sacrificial uh, ritual that it has become in so many places. But it's all about focusing our mind, focusing our heart on being one in Christ. One church, one body of Christ. Amen. God doesn't really care what the name of your church is. You know, there seems to be, like right now, an obsession with the newer churches over their name. They agonize over it, you know, and it's got to be just one name. It can't be like, you know, like two names like ours, like Grace Harvest. Has to be just one, and it has to be kind of with it and weird. But you know, it's like the name of our church has to do with just recognition, really. You know, for people to say what church they go to, or how to find the address, or whatever. 
And uh, it's good words, grace and harvest. But it doesn't matter which denomination. You know, some people say, well, you know, if you're of this group, you can't fellowship with us and, and, and all that. And then they'll just defend the communion like it's, you know, some kind of holy grail of something. And uh, rightfully so. But on the other hand, uh, they're missing the point. Do you realize how missing the point it is to have closed communion somewhere? That's like that's like a, an oxymoron. Closed communion. Closed communion. You're not part of us and you can't take communion with us. That is insane because it misses the whole point of it. So it isn't about just trying to get some power out of a cracker. That cracker, as you know from this morning, is not very powerful. It's like chewing on styrofoam. But trying to get something out of that cracker and out of that little uh, uh, container of juice uh, and, and some kind of spiritual, um, uh, you know, thing happening. And you, it can certainly be that to you in your heart. But, uh, you know, it, the more the idea is that we are saying... I accept the entire body of Christ as one, and I consider myself a part of it. Amen. People that say, I'm going to stay home from church and just take communion by myself. You're an oxymoron. That's missing the point, too. The idea of and it's really a, a lot of that on the forsaking, not the assembling of yourselves together. It has, it's not about just being counted. Excuse me. It's not about just being counted. I just baptized something here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's not about just being counted or God keeping some kind of um, Sunday school ledger or whatever. But it's about you saying, I am connected to the larger body of Christ. I'm not an island by myself. So it's true. We have a personal relationship with Christ. We have a personal relationship with God the Father. He is our very own Father. We are His very own child. We have those moments throughout the week of intimacy, amen, with Him. We have those moments of, of being uh, together as uh, the body of Christ. We have those, those moments. But, on the other hand, we want to reach out and be uh, involved with the larger body. So there's there's two ways that we do it. One is, well, there's more than two ways. One is that we come to church like you've done today. Amen. It's good to be with the brothers and the sisters. It's good to be encouraged by one another, each other's uh, each other's faith. Amen. It's good to be connected in this way. It's also uh, 
and 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 shake hands and hug necks and say I'm I'm with you and I love you. And uh you know, maybe I, I know what you're going, you know, even if you don't say it, but you just they know. I know what you're going through and I'm standing with you. Somebody cares what's happening. This is important to our faith. So it's not just you and the Bible and prayer and the Holy Spirit. It's it's the body of Christ. And we also share together in the communion. We also share together in prayer and faith. Bible says, pray ye one for another that you may be healed. Amen. When you sow seeds of prayer, when you sow seeds of prayer, and you sow seeds of, uh, of, um, love to each other, for each other, even if no one knows about it. You know, sometimes you got loud mouth Nelly, you know, comes around and tells the whole world, well, I've been praying for you. I don't know what you're going through. But, you know, diarrhea of the mouth, be healed in Jesus' name. And the Bible says if you're getting accolades from all that, you have your reward. You got what you wanted. Somebody thinks you're all that in a bag of chips. But it's those, it's those folks that do all the praying and never say anything about it. They're the powerful ones. It's the little stealthier. Amen. And, uh, sometimes it's appropriate to say I'm praying for you, but most of the time it's not. Just do it. Amen. And bearing one another's burdens and also bearing one of another's, uh, accomplishments and we, we know, we certainly know how to weep with those that weep. We're not doing so well sometimes on the rejoicing with those that are rejoicing. Somebody gets a blessing and our tendency is to go, well, what do they need with that? Well, that's not exactly rejoicing with the rejoicers, is it? <laughs> Did you hear what they got promoted to? I don't think they deserve that. I mean, yeah. Especially in the church, oh Lord. Well, they don't know what I know. So we know how to weep. I always say, something bad happens, people come out of the woodwork, man, you know, folks you've never even met. I'm your fourth cousin, and I just want you to know. Actually, deep down inside, they're a little happy that something's happened. Sometimes that's the truth. It's sad, but true. But then something good happens and they're like, so did you see the blessing that God gave? Yeah, I saw it. I have a relative like that. Yeah. Ooh, I think the green-eyed monster has shown up. Sour grapes for lunch. Anyway, I wanted you to uh, to focus here. We're going to look at, it's funny that, not funny, but it's curious that Paul has followed 1 Corinthians 11 with 12, where he continues to talk about 
the body being together, and then 13 is the love chapter. You think there's a connection here? And uh, there is. And so look at um, look at verse 26, 1 Corinthians 11. Uh, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. In other words, we're all connecting to that event. It's as Paul wrote in Romans, and we're going to look at that in a minute. We are crucified with Christ. So it reminds us of our position and our place and what's happened to us spiritually every time we receive it. Amen. But I want you you to still see what the theme is. The theme is not so much, it's part of the theme, but the the main theme is not so much about uh, blood and broken body. It's about communion. It's about connection. It's about oneness in Christ. I'm not talking about Pentecostal oneness. I'm talking about, um, because most people don't even know what that means, do they? I'm talking about um, unity in the body. Brother Hagen said that one time at an event at Ramah, and you could hear a pin drop. That's a, that's unusual because they're a little noisy, you know, shouty and stuff. But it got real quiet when he said this. He says, I'm sick and tired of hearing the term word church. Now this is at headquarters of word church. He said, I am sick and tired of hearing the term words, word church. I'm really tired of that. And, uh, could hear a pin drop because they are all bragging about we're the word church in town, you know. He says, I'm tired of that. He says, it makes it sound like we're the only ones with truth. And he says, I've been, I've been with some of our pastors and they say, see that church there? They're dead. They don't have the Holy Ghost. They're dried up. They don't have, you know, what we have. I was at, a, I was with a guy one time and he said, we're sitting, we're sitting like eating at a Burger King or something. And next door is this huge, beautiful Presbyterian church. I mean, the thing was built out of stone and it had a huge steeple and perfected landscaping. And that's why I'm such a landscaping, uh, fanatic here at this church. There, especially in Florida, there's no excuse for a church to have an ugly yard. It's called nobody either cares or they're too cheap to spend the money. But I think the church ought to be the shining example on the street. Amen. It should look like it represents. I mean, it's like we say, well, we're, we're, we're worshiping God over there. And it's like, well, can he not afford a lawnmower? Or about a weed whacker? But anyway, I'm, I'm a fanatic about that, but, um, um, there's this beautiful Presbyterian church and I'm with this, you know, word of faith pastor and he says, I said, wow, what a beautiful building. He goes, yeah, well, they're, they don't have any faith. He says, we're the only faith church in town and I, and we're meeting at some, you know, like used to be a laundromat building or something, you know. 
He said, they don't have any faith. And I said, he said, we're the only ones with faith. I said, we've got all the faith and they've got all the real estate. That's what I said. I wasn't invited back there. (laughs) Brother Hagin said, I've gotten to the place that if I drive by any church that's preaching any part of the gospel, I thank God for them. Because I'd rather have them sitting there than a fortune teller. I'd rather have them sitting there than, uh, uh, you know, a, a strip joint or some kind of biker bar or whatever. He says, I'd rather have that. Amen. And in the community and it's helping. And if it's helping people and they're blessed there, who am I to judge them? Amen. Well, so we talk about us being a grace church. Well, if you're going to, if you're going to be a grace church, be gracious. Because they sound about like that now. Well, that church is, they're, they're not into grace like we are. Well, if you're going to act like that, I hope they never get there. Praise the Lord. Act ugly about it. Since when does the Bible give us revelation and then we're supposed to be snotty about it? Well, I am so revelated. First church of the revelated. The highest level. I just, I'm just, I don't want to have anything to do with that spirit. That's wrong. So. The Bible warns us about how wrong this is here. He says, you show the Lord's death till he comes. Well, for our purposes of receiving communion, we usually stop reading there and and have the the, uh, ceremony. But if you'll notice here, there's uh, Paul continues to teach about this. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. That's pretty serious talk. This is Dr. Revelation of grace and and righteousness. So he's not preaching condemnation here. He's just telling you that you need to have some honor. And what's it toward? How do you, how do you drink and, and how do you eat the bread and drink the cup unworthily? It's by not discerning the Lord's body, the body of Christ, the church, the ecclesia, the called ones. Amen. And being sectarian. That's how you bring this kind of curse on you here. How many want to be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord? I don't want to be. Amen. But let a man examine him. See, now in, in Pentecost, we took that to mean, well, if you've got any sin whatsoever in your life, you shouldn't take communion. And I've seen people feel condemned about that. Have you ever seen that? And they pass. They won't take it. Because maybe even the night before, they did something that they, they felt was uh, immoral or, 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 or whatever. How many follow me? You ever seen that situation or felt that pressure? But that's, that doesn't say that. That's a twist. That's a, that's a misinterpretation of scripture. Say, well, you know, the, the, we're not having the healings we used to have. There must be sin in the camp. 
You, I want to go, really? You think there might be sin in the camp? Really? Like with human beings that are prone to failure, you think there might be somebody that's missed it? That's ridiculous. What a stupid concept of, well, there could be sin in the camp. Well, you think? Oh, no, Uncle Donald. What is it? You know, come on. If there's you, you know how to have a perfectly clean church. Lock the door, don't let anybody in. (laughs) Especially the pastor. Um, like that. I I, I say this all the time, but it's really funny to me. Still, still hysterical. That woman that met me at the Tulsa airport, and she said. She said, I don't know, there's something about you that's just not quite right. And I said, you've got three hours. <laughs> there's a lot about me that's not quite right. What does that have to do with anything? You know, well, if you're called to the ministry, you ought to be perfect. Well, then we're all sunk. Because there's only one that's perfect, and that's Christ. And the only way we can even get anywhere near the idea of completion, I, I, I like that word better than perfection, because that's what it means in the Bible. But completion is in Christ. If we just, in ourselves, we're all ruined. We're all screwed, so to speak, and messed up. So, um, he's not talking about sin here, per se. Um, If you're sinning on purpose, I will tell you this. If you're sinning on purpose, stop it. Because that's, that's how, that's how simple that is. You don't have to go through some big rigmarole. You just stop it. Kind of like Nancy Reagan said, say no to drugs. <laughs> just say no. I say just say no to sin, you know. I mean, I mean, hey, we all make mistakes and miss it, but you know, if you're just willfully sinning, just stop it. Why? Well, because the wages of sin is death. There's going to be, eventually there's going to be, it's like the law of relativity. You keep, look, as a grace and righteousness person, if you go rob the 7-Eleven, there might be a penalty to pay for that. And you can go over your grace scriptures in prison. I mean, you, you, this is not deep. So, uh, he says, let a man examine himself. Doesn't say anything about you examining somebody else. We don't want to look like the primate display at the zoo where we're picking stuff off of each other. He says, let a man examine himself. So let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. In other words, examine yourself. If you've been holding grudges, if you've been hating on, you know, the church up the street or the pastor or whatever that you, where you used to go, um, stop it. <laughs> Get over it. Examine yourself. And he says, and then go ahead and let that man eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Praise God. Don't. Well, now you can't take communion for six weeks till we see how you're going to do. Well, who's we? Who's we? 
I guess Zacchaeus was wee, a wee little man. Like my friend Dennis Burke, you know, was teaching at a uh, an event, and he's talking about the the widow woman there, you know, that was uh, in in uh, Zarephath was commanded to feed the prophet. And he said there was a widow woman, and then he goes, a wee widow woman. Anyway, Elmer Fudd as pastor. <laughs> oh, my God. For this cause, you see, and let him go ahead and take it. He says, he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause... Here's the cause and effect. Here's the reason. For this cause, many are weak or and sickly among you, and many sleep. In other words, they're dead prematurely. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Now listen, the reason for that, I believe this. This is how strongly I believe this. And I've really never preached bold, that boldly on this, but it just came on me today to do it. I think General Milley's thing inspired me. Um, the reason for that is you're not getting the full protective benefit out of being a believer when you stand off by yourself. I've watched these... Um, you know, like National Geographic wildlife videos. And they show how two lions, <clears throat> excuse me, will work together to get like even an elephant to eat. In hunting, what they'll do is they, if they can get one, they'll look for the weak uh, animal, like in a herd of antelope or, uh, you know, even an ele- elephant herd or whatever. I've watched them in these videos, and they're not going after the whole thing. They know better than that. They'd get trampled to death. But what they'll do is a pair of lions, even you know, sometimes it'll be three or four of them or two of them. I've seen two of them work together in these videos. How many's ever seen something like that? And they'll call that one that gets away from the rest by himself. They'll call that one out, and that's who gets eaten and devoured. Now, the lions have got to eat. We're not holding anything against them. But I'm just telling you, this is how warfare works in nature. So if you can, if you, if the devil can get you to be offended, say, why, why would that cause sickness and premature death? Because you're not protected. You're over here by yourself. I've got the word. I mean, I've heard people just brag about this. Well, I've got the scripture, and I, I'm, I don't know who I am in Christ, and I'm standing on the Bible, and little, 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 you know, whatever. It's like, well, that's great. Praise God, we're all striving for that. We're all doing that. You're not special because that's what you do. That's what we all do. Come on. 
But on the other hand, you off by yourself like that, I don't need anybody else. I've heard Christians talk like this. I don't need that church. I don't need to go. I don't need to participate. I don't need to be a part. I don't need to give. I don't need to do anything. Well, actually, according to the words of Paul here, you do. And you're actually putting yourself in a very vulnerable position. Look, New York City right now and other major metropolitan areas are have a higher crime rate than they should. And, you know, there's problems politically and blah, blah, blah. But I'll tell you one thing that I've, that I've heard and read. They said, well, if you are going to visit a place like that, you're, you're safer in a group. You're safe. There's safety in numbers. You're, it's less likely that a thug is going to take on six, eight, ten, twelve people than just one person, lone person, one little woman walking with her pocketbook, and she's on her phone GPS because she's lost, and looking around, and she's, she becomes a target. Somebody's watching her from blocks back. If she even had one person walking with her, or, or two or three, she's safer. He or she is safer. Amen? So it works that way in the body. That's why that works like that. It's not some mystical, uh, you know, mystery uh, as to why that would be somebody gets sick and, and because they're not discerning the Lord's body. It's because you're not receiving the benefit of brothers and sisters standing with you in faith, helping you fight the good fight. I believe I've got revelation on this. So it's not like God is mad and deciding, oh, they're not discerning the Lord's body. Shame. That's breaking rule number 742. Zap. No, it's because that you're giving the, the enemy an open door. I'm almost done. Don't worry. We won't stay here. Let everybody beat us to the cafeteria. First uh, Corinthians 12, I want you to see just this part because he is actually laying the foundation for First Corinthians 12 from 11. And he's talking about us, again, this idea of us being all together in a body. Amen? Now, Let's begin reading at verse 12. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles whether we be bond or free, and hath been all made to drink into one Spirit, capital S, talking about the Holy Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, it is therefore not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Question mark. 
And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Question mark. If the whole body were the eye, where were the healing? In other words, where would the hearing be? Sorry, hearing. If the whole were hearing, where is the smelling? Or sense of smell. But now God hath set the members, every one of them in the body, as it has pleased Him. So it's like the hand saying to the foot, I don't like you. Look, I've got an opposable thumb here. I can, I can do a lot of things that you can't do. And, uh, the foot can say back to the hand, well, try walking several miles today on your hands and see how you do. You see the point? That would be stupid. Go to the doctor. I'd like you to remove my feet because the shoes are expensive. And uh, I've decided I don't need feet. Well, you might have a hard time getting out of the doctor's office. Harder time getting out than you got going in. You might regret that. So... We need each other is the point. So this applies to a local body, like a church, like a local church. It applies to the church universal. Amen. You say, well, I don't like what that denomination's doing. Well, did they ask you to pay for it? Well, no. Well, are you... On the committee to decide? No. Well, then maybe you ought to just shut up. How about that? And if you think they're missing it, pray for them. Lord, let them see what what I think they're missing here. And I speak the word over them. And they're missing it. But let, let he, without ever missing it, cast the first stone. That's what Jesus said when they were going to stone that adulterous woman. Oh, my God. An adulterous woman, they're going to stone her. And Jesus said, let he without sin cast the first stone. Because they said, what do you say about it? He said, well, let he without sin cast the first stone. So, uh, yeah, let us, it's never, you know, you know, we got, we got our hands on our hips so bad uh, about doctrine. Such arrogance with, with, with doctrinal wars. And it's like, well, they're missing it. Well, did you ever miss it before? Did you ever believe something that you found out later there was a better way to believe about that? Well, aren't you glad somebody didn't just kick you out? Cast you aside. Call you a name and stick their tongue out at you. Aren't you glad? He says, and if they were all one member, verse 19, where were the body, but now are 
they many members, yet but one body. And again, the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of thee. Yet, nay, nay, <laughs> just no, <clears throat> penalty button. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given much more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now, you are the body of Christ and members in particular. Amen. Praise God. Isn't it wonderful? You know that old song, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. We could sing, I'm so glad I'm a part of the body of Christ. Praise God. We're part of something bigger than us. That's why, you know, uh, used to have it and it's kind of lost. Uh, it's luster in some cases, but that's why, you know, we used to have camp meetings and all the, it wasn't just a name of a meeting. It was, had a purpose that all the churches in an area would come together to worship together and strengthen. So maybe you got a bunch of little churches with small congregations and they don't feel very significant, but boy, you stand with a, with several hundred or several thousand of like-minded people. And it just lifts everybody. Well, that concept's, you know, kind of lost, lost it, but it's, it would be a good one to try to get going again, wouldn't it? Say, let's have a, an, an area wide meeting. We all come together. Trouble is the pastors are all afraid to come together because they're afraid if you have it at the bigger church that his group will like that better and not come back. I mean, it's just nuts. All the excuses to not do things. But, uh, it, it was good. And then, and then we'd have a national or international conference where thousands, 20,000 people come together and all worshiping and, 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 and praising God together. And in, in its peak and its prime and its best moments, those, those events were life changing for people. And, and it made us realize we are a part of something bigger. We are a part of something greater. And you put the whole body of Christ together and you, you know, if you don't like other believers, you're going to hate heaven. Cause one thing, uh, there's, you're not the only ones going to be there. You know, it's like that joke about, you know, some denomination, uh, we used to, we used to make a joke about the church of God like that and say, Say a, a tour of heaven. The guy goes, "Who's that group over there by themselves?" Well, that's the Church of God. They think they're the only ones here. <clears throat> Be quiet. Don't tell them. There's other folks here. Then there's the racism that comes out of it. I had a guy tell me that he just knew that heaven was going to be segregated, and I'm thinking that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's just dumb. 
Like, could, how do, you know, like my mother said about one lady said, well, she fell on her head. You know, and so I think some people just, they, they, they tripped and banged their head and they never got it checked and now they're just like in la-la land saying stuff. But praise God, we're all, what a, we sang it today. When we all get to heaven, what a glorious day that, wouldn't that be wonderful? Standing there, saints of every tribe, every nation, every color, every culture, every style of worship, everything. Amen. There's not a right or wrong way to worship. You know, sometimes we go to a church and it's a little more rock and roll than we like. And we think, well, that spirit of God can't move with that. That drum was too loud. Yeah, that offends God. He's got fingers in his ear. I'm telling you, or, or that was, they, all they had was a pipe organ. It's dead. I mean, you know, we go from one extreme. Everybody's on both extremes of it. It's like, stop it. In the name of Jesus, let people alone. <laughs> Amen. Let them alone. Let them do their thing. Who cares? Praise God. Well, I don't like that file. Well, don't don't go there. But hallelujah. Amen. We need to start appreciating one another. I was in Pakistan. I'll just close up this. I was in Pakistan preaching one time and I'm in this church and they're doing their 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 hymns or worship songs. And it sounds like something you would play to get the snake to come out of the basket. I mean, it had all that Eastern, you know, sounding uh, chord progressions. And it sounded like, that was this worship. And it went on and on. They're playing all kinds of weird little instruments and uh, sitting down cross-legged. And, and, and I, I, it was not feeding me. I'm telling you, this worship and praise was interesting and strange and weird. But it was, and I'm thinking, they sound like they're worshiping the devil to me. Well, from my Western ears, you know. So I asked the guy, my interpreter, I said, what are they saying in this song? I need to know. <laughs> so they're t- talking about the beauty of the Lord and how wonderful he is and how much they love him and the Holy Spirit. And I said, okay, sounds like getting the cobra out of the basket to me, you know. You know, you know, that's what it sounded like. I thought this is a snake song, but, um, they, it was for their culture. It was. It sounded like something pretty. I don't prefer it. I don't like it. I'm sorry, but it, it, it didn't mean it's wrong. Just because I didn't relate to it. We had all these anointing monitors running around, you know, in charismatic land. You know, that song was anointed. That one wasn't. That one. That style. The Lord can't move with that. It's like, would you stop limiting the Lord God of Israel? He can do whatever He wants. He doesn't need your permission. Praise God. So whether we have a beautiful sanctuary like this one and we're baptizing in a beautiful way, or you're down by the beach barefoot with a bunch of hippies that have found Christ, you know, God moves in the heart of people. Amen. I'm just tired of judging everybody and being mad, you know. 
Praise God. Let's open our arms and be accepting. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. All right. Glory to God. Let's stand up and pray for our uh, internet audience. We usually have a pretty good crowd that watches us online. Amen. Thank God for you that are joining us through the virtual means of being here. Amen. I'm going to pray, and if you have a need in your physical body, put your hand where you're suffering. Jesus will touch you there if um, you're watching on the line and the same. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your healing power today. I know we have some members who are out uh, from being attacked physically. In Jesus' name, be healed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors and, and growths and, and, and uh, rogue cells to just dry up and disappear in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your healing touch, your healing power, those who are dealing with some sort of mental illness situation. Lord, we thank you for peace on their mind, peace in their soul in Jesus' name. Those, Lord, who may have suicidal tendencies and and uh, just listening to the wrong spirit. In Jesus' name, be encouraged today. Be lifted up. See a reason to live. See a reason to have purpose. In Jesus' name. See how God can use you in this world, in this life. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you and praise you today for deliverance. For those that are bound by alcohol or bound by drug abuse or some other substance problem or some uh, addicted to something unsavory. Lord, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your delivering power today, your healing power. Those who have a material or financial need, Father, I thank you for supplying that need greatly and richly today. In Jesus' name, be healed and whole from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. In the name of Jesus. Let's lift our hands and thank God today for these things. Lord, we praise you and magnify you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to encourage you to come out Wednesday night. Pastor Scarlett's going to be teaching. And uh, go and be blessed today in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise be to God, church. Let's fill this place.